0: You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team
1: every day.
0: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals Podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisco. He's your host, double-fisting James Rapine, they call him. And we together are the Locked On Bengals Podcast. Turns out the number one locked on podcast on YouTube in the last week, James, thank you all so much for subscribing and watching on YouTube and for like the 80% of you or whatever that are watching this on YouTube right now and are not subscribed, please subscribe. If you like what we're doing, hit the like button, follow us. If you prefer the audio version, everywhere you get your audio podcasts. And I don't ask for this very often. So hopefully when I do, It resonates with you, the loyal listener. Today, we're going to start with the Billy Price trade, making room for a hill and adding another hill. They call Cincinnati the city of seven hills. Now, I guess it's nine if you count the two on the Cincinnati Bengals. And the terrible pun streak continues for another week, James, as the Bengals trade former first-round pick Billy Price to the New York Giants For BJ Hill, an interior defensive lineman who spent most of his time in his New York career playing three technique. That's a position that Geno Atkins used to play on the inside. He likes to one gap, get upfield, rush the passer. In Luana Rumo's defense, I imagine he will play outside of DJ Reader, if DJ Reader is a nose-tackle on a given play. But he's not going to be an edge player. I've seen some people think. Oh, is this somebody who's going to come in and help the edge? And he did at times actually in New York line up outside the tackle, but it was very rare. And if Hill is lining up at edge, something has probably gone wrong. More likely than that, he is a backup and a rotational piece with Larry Ogunjobi and probably Josh Tupo, but we'll talk more about the potential roster impact of this trade. My initial reaction is I kind of like the move here, James. It's weird because the Bengals are dealing from a position where they need help on the interior offensive line. We've talked about the need for depth there, and they then go and trade a backup. So in that sense, you feel a little bit uneasy about backup center perhaps now with Trey Hill most likely stepping into that role, but they also need a depth on the interior defensive line, and B.J. Hill should allow them to let their edge rushers play edge, instead of kicking them inside with the losses they've had at the edge position. And the other thing is interior defensive line was a long-term need. And if B.J. Hill plays well this year, he could be a long-term player for the Bengals as he's still in his mid-20s, whereas Billy Price almost certainly was coming to his, the the last days he was going to play in
1: Cincinnati. And that's the part that I want to stress, because to me, you got a player that's going to contribute right now, instant contributor, Maybe he does end up being here long-term, but he's going to impact your defense. And and we've talked about it, right, about the need for a 3 tech. He's going to be able to take and play a decent amount of snaps for you right away. He's an instant upgrade. And it's in exchange for a guy that no one had confidence in. I don't think anyone really believed that Billy Price could turn the corner and be the guy that the Bengals drafted 21st overall in the 2018 NFL draft. And if that's the case – And you have this guy in Hill who's been productive, but is part of a loaded defensive line or certainly a better defensive line than you have in in New York. And he wasn't going to get the reps and you can bring him in and take a look. And maybe he does become this long term piece. And even if he doesn't, I think you got the better player in the deal. So, yeah, two weaknesses. I would much rather add, you know, the the B.J. Hill version of an interior offensive lineman, if you could. But you can't, you know, and you couldn't in this deal. And they still not only got Hill, who I think is better than Billy Price, but they also get a a conditional seventh round pick. So I think that this home run deal, really, when you talk about price now, is it going to completely transform their defense? No. But is this like the the maximum I, you know, or the best case scenario, right? I get excited about a potential Austin Seibert trade for a seventh rounder. If you would have told me the Bengals could get a contributing three and five tech in exchange for Billy Price, a guy who should be entering his prime in Hill and BJ Hill and a conditional pick. I think that's a, about as close to a best case scenario as we could have envisioned. And BJ
0: Hill was, I believe, a third round pick in 2018. Lou Anna Rumo was the defense, was. was the defensive backs coach in New York when BJ Hill was drafted. So there is that Anarumo connection going back two years. And then there was a regime change in New York and Hill's best year was when Lou Anarumo was there. His rookie year was his most productive year. He had five and a half sacks. He started more games than he didn't for New York that year. I think it was 12 starts he had as a rookie. And since then, with the addition of quality players on that defensive line, he's lost playing time and with Joe Judge coming in, potentially lost the favor of the coaches that drafted him as they were no longer with the New York Giants. So Lou Anarumo gets a guy that he's familiar with, and this is a vote of confidence in Trey Hopkins' health. To a lesser degree, I believe in Trey Hill's health because I believe Trey Hill is now in line to make the team. A lot can happen between now and you know 2 weeks from now when the Bengals play their first regular season game but the initial 53 i would say right now almost certainly includes Trey Hill as the backup to Trey Hopkins and both of these guys coming off an injury and and maybe tweaking something in that last preseason game was Trey Hill Trey Hopkins coming off the ACL of course the Bengals must feel really good about their health and about Trey Hill's upside because To me, before this trade, Billy Price was quality center depth and Trey Hill was a guy that looked like he could use some seasoning on the practice squad and could kind of go the Trey Hopkins path, eventually work his way onto the 53 and eventually become a quality player in the NFL. Instead, the young man will start, I believe, on the Bengals 53-man roster.
1: Yeah, it certainly looks that way. Unless there's a plan, right? I, I'm, and I'm surprised because I, I think Trey Hill, we talked about it. Was it the Washington game where he looked pretty good? And then, you know, there were a couple snaps where I think you even tweeted about it. And then it was almost like the jinx and it was inconsistent. And is that who you're rolling with? Is there another plan here? Is there another move? Probably there are other moves and we can get into them. But yeah, at, at this point, how is he not? the betonline.ag favorite to be the backup center. He's really the only other center they got that you could look at and say, all right, he's going to be your backup. So to me, I think there's another move coming, another domino. But as of right now, I I agree with you. And it it is weird though, because I've heard just through the grapevine, and it's not just me that have said this, I think that they were grooming him, at least the initial plan, they they viewed Hill as a guard and that it was kind of this guard project. And so – now, if you're banking on him to be the backup center, I'm going to make a face, but I made the same face of when Billy Price was your backup center. So it's not it's not that much different in that way, right? Because it's not like I was really confident in Price, but it uh, it does bode well for Hill's chances of making the team.
0: Yeah, critics of the Bengals' offensive line roster building have said, the Bengals aren't a team that should be trading linemen, but I guess they were already starting a bunch of backup linemen, so what does it hurt to trade a backup lineman and and they do get a quality <laughs> player in B.J. Hill. I think that that is noteworthy. Billy Price gets a fresh start, and it it does make things I think really interesting when we look at the fifty-three man roster. Now, the the last note here, James, before we talk about potential other moves on the horizon, is Albert Breer indicated and Ian Rappaport both indicated that the trade market for for Billy Price was pretty strong. This has been going on for a few weeks. And, and Albert Breer also indicated that Mike Jordan's name has been in trade conversations for some time now as well. So we'll see if there's another move coming where the Bengals deal another interior offensive lineman, which would be absolutely crazy if you asked me yesterday. But the Bengals are wheeling and dealing as we get toward cut down day. And we'll talk about some of those other potential moves coming
1: up next. Speaking of wheeling and dealing, we all like to make deals. We also like to make money. Who doesn't, right? Well, you can make money right now at betonline.ag. It's that time of the year, football season. You're going to be watching college games, pro games. Well, BetOnline is your number one spot for all of your football action this fall, including all the updated odds, props, and contests, whether it's the online's biggest half million dollar NFL mega contest, the world's largest $200,000 survivor contest for the NFL both open now right away uh, right now at betonline.ag and you can get a 100% welcome bonus. That's free money. 100% welcome bonus with promo code locked on right now if you sign up and you make that first deposit plus, you can take advantage of their opening day super promo. You make a bet on Thursday, September 9th, the season opener between the Bucks and the Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager is going to be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using promo code NFL100. BetOnline.ag. Go there now. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports.
0: Speaking of betting, James, I think that the 53-man roster exercise that we're going to do to finish up the show, we're going to pull up the spreadsheet again if you're watching on YouTube and talk through the the fringe roster guys. And right now, the way I've got it is there's going to be guys highlighted in blue again. One of them, I think, will make the team. But again, before today, I thought Billy Price was making the team. Trey Hill was going to the practice squad. I had five interior defensive linemen. Now there's six guys if you include all the five that I thought were making the team. And B.J. Hill. So something we'll have to give. And we'll talk about that in the third segment. But if you had to bet, James, what are the odds that there's another wrench thrown into our prognostication? And there's another move coming. We just talked about the potential for a Michael Jordan move. There's Mm -hmm. Tyrell Crosby, who's been waived injured by the Detroit Lions. And you check on the injury there before you make any proclamations or decisions. But a lot could change between now and tomorrow at 4.
1: No doubt about it. Um, If I had to bet, excuse me, if I had to bet, I would say multiple moves, maybe one more trade and then a claim or multiple claims. I I do not think that this is it. I think the Bengals, they have a surplus at some positions. I think they have more wide receivers than they can keep, more running backs than they can keep, Uh, maybe more interior linemen than they would like, right, with a guy like Michael Jordan. Or maybe they've just, they know what Jordan is at this stage and they want to move on. And there might be some value with those guys. And on the flip side, a Tyrell Crosby, if you can claim him, you're fifth in the waiver priority, and just get a look at him, right? If, if you like his tape and you think, oh, man, he could be a nice nice tackle slash guard prospect <laughs> along with Deontay Smith because he's played both tackle spots in his NFL career. He's shown some flexibility to play guard a little bit. Uh, you know, it was a surprising cut. I read the, some Lions reports on monday they were surprised he was gone and they moved on from him so if you can snag him with your your fifth priority and just get a look at him you know bring him in for a physical much like they did with tack mckinley last year and if he fails it fine you just move on no harm no foul or maybe you stumble into a a, you know a guy that you feel confident in that can play multiple spots for frank pollock which if that's the case maybe you don't need a Michael Jordan. You have a guy who can also play tackle and guard potentially if they view him that way. So I think there are going to be a lot of guys like that. I think they're definitely going to look at center. Uh, Trey Hill, like I said, might make the team, but center to me is probably up there as far as who they're looking at. I know some have talked about Austin Ryder. There's something medically wrong there, you know, with his knee or ankle or whatever it is. He's visited so many teams and hasn't gotten signed. So we'll see. Maybe he's healthy now, and they plan on doing that. But I think it's probably somebody else. But I would be shocked if we don't see multiple moves, whether it's a trade, waiver combo, or something like that. What about you? Because I'm all about the moves, all about the trades, all about the waiver claims. What do you think?
0: Well, I think you're right. I think something happens. I am not ready to talk about what I think that will be because I, frankly, have no idea. If you said yesterday that, hey, there's this B.J. Hill guy in New York that I think the Bengals are going to trade for. um, Well, I guess you should have a job as a psychic because that was nobody. Nobody nobody saw that coming, right? Just like I tweeted yesterday, nobody was knocking Jamar Chase in the pre-draft process for drops. And the people taking victory laps on that are just way out of place. But anyway, that's beside the point. The other name, James, that, that I wanted to bring up that I mentioned before we started recording is Matt Skura. was cut by the Miami Dolphins, four-year starter in Baltimore, a center. He wasn't so good last year in Baltimore, but he is a veteran. 51 NFL starts at center. And the Bengals are familiar with him after watching him play in Baltimore for four years. And they're also familiar with his struggles, I presume, in 2020. So maybe the interest isn't there as much after that year, but there is a veteran center now available if they're interested. And the other note on Tyrell Crosby is the cap number for him would be because I believe a waiving team, or a waiver claim inherits the, the contract. And so they would be picking up a $2.1 million Uh, base salary and cap hit for Crosby if they do look that way. So something to watch for sure. And the interesting thing with Crosby is, as you say, it means Mike Jordan almost certainly not making the team. And then the question is, can you find a trade partner for a fourth round pick who is a developmental guard who doesn't have the first round, uh, I don't want to use the word pedigree, but reputation perhaps, that, that Billy Price had that I think really played into him getting the return he did because we've seen that time and time again, the NFL values your draft status. And sometimes you see these first, second round picks really turn it around. Sometimes you don't. So um, without that status for Mike Jordan, who was a fourth round pick, a mid round pick, who hasn't had a ton of success in the NFL, I think there will be challenges to find a trade partner there. But when you think about the fact that these guys have been in trade talks for you know a couple of weeks now, You think about how they're being used in the preseason and how they've been, you know, elevated into starting positions at times. Perhaps this is a sales tactic from the Wiley Bengals front office and coaching staff.
1: For sure. And uh, one uh, team that the that Albert Breer mentioned, along with the Giants, that was looking for interior line help is the Jacksonville Jaguars. And look, if you're Urban Meyer, I'm sure you're familiar with Michael Jordan, the Ohio State connection. And you good just point. wonder, because if, if I look at Jacksonville, I think they need offensive line help. You want to do whatever you can. And if if you like what Jordan brings, he still is young. And here's the other part about it with Jordan. You're right. He doesn't have the pedigree. But I think when you talk to the, and I'm not some tapeologist, I know that. But if you talk to the people that do that, he did show flashes this preseason. Uh, you know, he did put some good tape out there this preseason. Was he inconsistent? Yeah, he's been inconsistent, but is Jacksonville, are, are they willing to part with a sixth for him or or, or just give up a pick? Or maybe it is a player-for-player player type deal, and there's someone on that roster that the Bengals like. I think that's the spot to watch. And I, I if they can get something for him and they don't feel like he's part of the long-term solution, I get you need bodies, but you need the right bodies in the trenches anyways. So if, if they feel like eh, he's not it, All right, then he's not it and see if you can get something for him, especially in the situation we're talking about, where if you're getting a pick plus adding a guy like Tyrell Crosby to the roster.
0: Yeah, should be very interesting. The other thing to watch would be, are the Bengals still interested in acquiring any other players via trade? If it's a pick that the Bengals are shipping away, perhaps Uh, something that I hadn't really considered before reading John Sheeran's 53 man projection today was they could be looking for help at corner with Trey Wayne's injury and you know how confident are they in Eli Apple how confident are they in Jalen Davis cuz the guys behind those guys are are going to be lucky to make a practice squad the way they've played in the preseason quite frankly in my opinion they they've really had their struggles Winston Rose Tony Brown all of those guys yep. uh, Antonio Phillips have had pretty rough goes of it i would brutal say He got
1: picked on Sunday. He, he Phillips got picked was brutal on. on Sunday.
0: Yeah, he yeah. got picked on and and gave it up when he was getting picked on, unfortunately, and you, you never, you never root for that sort of thing. But when you're looking at how the Bengals need to approach this roster, that's one spot where you can see them looking for depth, looking for an addition. You could also see it at edge rusher. And obviously I think they're, they're going to be looking at offensive linemen that become available. And, and we've talked about a few of them, Nick Easton, I think still out there as well. They of course worked him out many moons ago at this point and, He remains available. So maybe maybe worth kicking those tires again. Regardless, all we can really do at this point, James, is take a look at the guys that are currently on the roster who might still be there after the cut down. And we'll do that coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto with the ever increasing numbers of makes and models of vehicles out there. The local auto's auto parts chain store that you go to doesn't stock everything you need and you're going to have to tell the person behind the counter what kind of car you drive and they're going to have to order in the parts for you why not just cut out the middleman you have a computer you have a cell phone go to rockauto.com and look out the parts for yourself don't spend 30 50 or 100% more for the same parts for example that Honda Odyssey fuel pump that's $353 at the chain store just $216 at rockauto.com. It's a family business. They've been saving money for do-it-yourselfers like you for over 20 years. So go check out all the parts available for your car truck right now at rockauto.com. Make sure you write locked on in their how did you hear about us box when you check out so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com.
1: Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, and you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. I've been there. I'm sure you are, too. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all of the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream and it brings you live TV on on on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, shows in one spot. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That is directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package.
0: All right, James, let's take a look at that old spreadsheet. The old 53-man projection is <laughs> you and I try to figure it out. We've pulled it up on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube. So of course, we we always encourage you to check that out. We do have the ability to share some images and stuff like that on YouTube, which is kind of cool. But last time we did this, I don't think we did the best job of reading the names for our audio-only listeners. So we're gonna we're gonna make a A clear effort to do better there. So let's talk about this, James. If you're watching on YouTube, we've got names highlighted in blue. I think those are the ones that one of those guys will make the team. But let's go position by position. The ones that are settled, in my opinion, are the specialists, Evan McPherson, Kevin Huber, Clark Harris. No debate there. The only question is, can they trade Austin Seibert? Quarterback, settled, Joe Burrow, Brandon Allen with probably Kyle Shermer, to the practice squad. Also settled, in my opinion, are the linebackers, the safeties in the corners, where we'll see Logan Wilson, Jermaine Pratt, Akeem davis gather Jordan Evans, Marcus Bailey, a linebacker, Von Bell, uh, and Jesse Bates, of course, at safety with Ricardo Allen and Wilson at the backups. At corner, Chidobe Awuzie, Mike Hilton, and Trey Waynes. The starters, Eli Apple backing up Waynes and will probably be the starter in week one at this rate with Darius Phillips and Jalen Davis, the other backups. I also think, James, and this might be a hot take, I don't think so anymore, the tight end has worked itself out with CJ Uzama, Drew Sample, and, and Thaddeus Moss. I think... Before the third preseason game, this was open. Mitchell Wilcox going down with the concussion right away, I think kind of finished that battle. But I do think that the Bengals will have their eyes open here as well. Speaking of another position where they might be looking for a potential waiver scoop, I I think this could be one of those because the depth isn't fantastic at tight end. And it hasn't been, you know, if you've been listening to us talk about it, really throughout camp. So the questions are, do they keep four running backs? How many offensive linemen do they keep? Do they keep an extra wide receiver? And what do they do with, you know, the Noah Spences of the world and with the acquisition of B.J. Hill at defensive tackle? So out of all those questions, James, I'll let you pick where we go next. Where do you want to start here?
1: Oh, well, look, I I think let's start at running back, I guess. To me, I, I think they they stick with three and, and to me, what does Patrick bring that you don't get from one of these other three guys? And if you lose him and you said this recently, you're comfortable losing him if you do because of what the other three bring. And I think Evans has just flashed, flashed so much and you're comfortable as uh, with Pirine and, and Mixon as your one, two, that that's it. So I think that settles it there. So Patrick and Williams One's probably going to make it to the practice squad. And if you get one of those guys to the practice squad, I think you're fine with four running backs in your organization. If both go, that's fine. You have a 16-man practice squad. But what say you? Because to me, I'm pretty comfortable with the three.
0: Yeah, I think that this might depend on what they do elsewhere. And this is how it's so complicated this year to me because they have to figure out how many interior defensive linemen they're keeping after acquiring BJ Hill. Before today, like I said, there were five guys that I felt pretty good about. I thought Josh UPO, DJ Reeder, Larry Oganjobi, Tyler Shelvin, and Mike Daniels were the five guys they would keep there. Now BJ Hill is certainly one of the guys they're going to keep there. I don't think they're mm-hmm. keeping six, although with their increased emphasis on heavier offense or heavier defensive fronts, maybe they do, but I have a really hard time seeing that. And if they do keep six, then they're definitely not keeping three running backs. However, I can also see a world where Jacquez Patrick does make the team and Travion Williams goes to the practice squad. I could also see the, the scenario you described, James, where they try to get one or both of those guys to the practice squad so they're available because I, I do want to remind people and Travion Williams looked good against Miami. The Travion Williams did flash. I know he had the fumble issues last year, but he also looks like Jacquez Patrick, like an NFL running back.
1: For sure. And, and that's the thing is they're completely different styles. But they're talented. I just don't know if there's room. And it it is depending on these other positions. And let me ask you this, because we were talking about trades last segment. Do you just put Mike Daniels on the block and just see? You see if there's anyone that's interested? Because I see the benefit to keeping six. I truly do. Especially after last year, where they were just so depleted, and in this team, if anyone's going to be scarred by it, it's them because they mention injuries any chance they can, from Duke Tobin on down. How Mike Brown did at the luncheon, right? So they may just say, "Look, we're going to keep six, and we're going to have depth, and we're going to be comfortable," or, you know, that means potentially act, you know, leaving Mike Daniels inactive on game day, or you, you know, he's another guy where you could potentially trade because it would suck to release him. I think he's not only a leader in the locker room, I do think he has something left and can contribute, but uh, it's a numbers game.
0: Yeah, I went back and forth with uh, our guy, Bengal Sands, on this today, because I think Josh Tupo is currently the better player. He's younger by like five years, and so I think Mm -hmm. that's a big advantage for Tupo. Mike Daniels got like a veteran minimum-ish deal to come back, minimum-ish. I don't know if it's exactly veteran minimum, but the other name that perhaps should be in blue here, and I, don't, I didn't do it because I think he's made the team, is Tyler Shelvin, who hasn't been great in the preseason, has a bit of refinement to do, but I think just the investment gets him onto the roster. And so I don't think there's really a question about Tyler Shelvin, but if all six of these guys were to make the team, I think Tyler Shelvin might actually be the one that's inactive on game days and at least early in the season. You know, right? Because Mike Daniels are right. He did show at times last year that he has some of that left in the tank. It's just, it was at times. And I don't know if that's because of the guys around him, because they were starting a bunch of guys off the street last year, or if it's just Mike Daniels is 32. And this is what happens to interior defensive linemen in their 30s. But I I think that if, if I had to pick one, that the Mike Daniels will be the one. And it, it's going to come down to, I think, how much the Bengals value his locker room presence. And this uh, another note here, I guess, could be if they do need to sneak somebody onto the IR, Daniels, being a veteran, could be the one they cut and bring back. And I think he would be a, a good candidate for that, just as a side
1: note there. For sure. No doubt about it. Like, if they're like, hey, Mike, this is procedural, We, we yeah. and we've talked about it a ton with these different guys. I think that's uh, certainly an option, and that's it's such a dilemma because, to me, you look at Mike Daniels, there's an injury history, right? And so how much can you bank on him anyways? Do you just, instead of keeping him around, do you just try to move him if there is a trade offer there? There might not be. So you just keep him around and say, hey, it's better with him than without him? And maybe it'll give Tyler Shelvin a few more weeks to develop and get ready. And then if Daniel Daniels goes down, we already have his replacement on the roster. And that's that's the part of it. And unfortunately, it isn't that simple because, like you said, all of this has a ripple effect. Are you keeping six corners? How healthy is Trey Waynes? Um, What what, what do you do at defensive end? I mean, is it five? It feels like five to me. And if that's the case, that means Hodges in. And Noah Spence, guys like that are out, which I don't think is a shock. But the other part here is I think they're going to try to add. If you want to talk about adding on defense, cornerback maybe, but I think defensive ends is a spot they're going to be looking at, you know, all night mm-hmm. tonight and into Tuesday as they, as they try to find help there.
0: Yeah, somebody asked me yesterday, and I think I mentioned this earlier in today's show. Somebody asked me yesterday on Twitter, what's the one position, if you had to handicap it, that would be the most likely that they would make a, a waiver claim? And I said, edge rusher, because... You know, Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, fine starters. Losing Joseph Osai sucks terribly, and we're really seeing why at this point. We talked yesterday about the questions about whether Khaled Kareem got hurt. We we don't know anything about the severity of that injury. If it's only two weeks, you feel a lot better about it, obviously, and he's your third guy. Cam Sample will be your fourth guy. He's playing a ton in the preseason, flashing at times, but clearly this team thinks he needs reps, and Darius Hodge, had another nice game. He's been consistently pretty good in the preseason. He'd be your fifth guy. I don't know if he'd be active on game days or not. I think it it might depend on you know what they're expecting game plan wise and how much he's uh, ingratiated himself to to Darren Simmons. But I do think it's five there. I think it's gonna end up being five interior defensive linemen, and I think it's gonna end up being six receivers and and the the positions that are left that we haven't talked about here as we wrap up our receiver and offensive line. Mm-hmm. An offensive line gets tricky because Akemah energy may or may not go to the 53 man before going to the IR. If he doesn't, if they put him on the IR tomorrow before the cutdown, it gets a little bit easier. And so we'll see what happens there. We'll see what the recovery timeline looks like for him, but the big question as we discussed is Michael Jordan if they and if they go get somebody and add them. So Trey Hill, we're talking about right now, he's the backup center. But if they go get somebody, well, Trey Hill might find himself on the practice squad. Mike Jordan, I I currently think, is, is the most likely to make the team out of this list. If they don't try to find a trade partner, they don't acquire anybody else. I think it would be Jordan. But there are also probably arguments for Trent Taylor and Stanley Morgan. And I do think Trent Irwin is currently ahead of them. But those are the last guys on the bubble to me is Jordan, Taylor and Morgan.
1: fair you know and i think it's probably in that order like if they can keep jordan they will because of the depth and because of the upside versus a guy like trent taylor not that he doesn't have some upside but i think he's kind of what he is you know what he is at this stage and at the same time stanley morgan as good as he is on special teams is he going to give you anything at receiver Probably not. So Darren Simmons might be pounding the table for him and I would get it at the same time. You can Mike Thomas and some of these other guys make up for it on special teams, at least to a degree. And I think the Bengals ultimately say yes there, but that's, that's the thing is it's Darren Simmons is going to be the deciding factor in some of these guys. Is he comfortable with that Moss on special teams, making that third tight end spot? I think so. But you know, is that going to happen? Is he comfortable with, uh Jock Patrick, if he finds his way onto the fifty-three, doing some kind of special teams role if needed. Because if not, then you just don't have a shot. And and that's the the other factor here that's going to be talked about, not just with these guys, but with the guys they potentially go out and bring in. You know, those special team snaps that they put in, in up in preseason games, it's going to impact all the moves essentially the Bengals have made or, or will make over the next forty eight hours or so.
0: And worth noting, Jacquez Patrick did not see a significant uptick in special team snaps, if I recall correctly. I, I'll have to double check that, but I don't think he's playing a ton of special teams. It'll be interesting to see uh, if we maybe get a surprise at tight end based on special teams, because if if Darren Simmons agrees with the PFF grades, uh, Thaddeus Moss was one of the Bengals' worst special teamers, unfortunately, in the preseason, and uh, Mason Schreck continued to have a pretty good go of it in special teams, but obviously PFF, not the be all end all. I have not personally watched the special teams coverage units or blocking units or return units to come up with an opinion of my own. I'm just throwing that out there. That is a thing that exists and we'll see whether or not Darren Simmons and this coaching staff agrees with it or agrees with it enough or thinks it's important enough that it will not be Thaddeus Moss and we might get a surprise at tight end. Certainly, We'll see a ton come down tomorrow in terms of news as the Bengals work out their way to the 53-man roster, the first 53-man roster, which I'm sure will change between tomorrow at 4 p.m. when it's due, Tuesday at 4 p.m., I should say, and week one. We'll talk about all those moves tomorrow after they happen. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. Until next time, Bengals fans, Hude, and have a good one.